As there's a drive in a deep left field by Castellanos, it will be. Oh man, it's right. eight o'clock. And so that'll make it a. I don't need the spotlight. I shine just fine. Hi, I'm Karma, and yes, I am a bitch. Brav Bros. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Brav Bros, your favorite podcast from the bros for everybody, for whoever wants to listen. I am your co-host, Steel Russell, joined, as always, by the one and only Scoot Boot Boogie. What's up, dude? Not a lot. We're uh, we're officially in what I like to call the dog days of no sports. Yeah. yeah finals, yeah. both finals ended, hockey and basketball, so we just have baseball, and you know what that means? Steele and I are going to dive deep into Bravo, and honestly, this might be the most focused that we ever are. Yeah, which is, it's good because we have new shows coming out. We have two shows that we've never watched before, one being Atlanta, which we reviewed this week already. I do feel like we're getting a better handle on it. And then OC, which this is my first dive into OC. Mm -hmm. We know some of the characters. I definitely didn't know all of the characters. I love calling them characters. Yeah, well, they are characters. <laughs> But I've had a fun week. Poppy's here. We're going up to the mountains this weekend. I think you're going down to the shore. Sure am. So those are the two Philly options, by the way. You're either a, a lake mountain person or you're a shore person. I've always been a lake mountain person. I like that as a bit of a change up. But, I mean, there are some people that just stay in the city and they like being in the city. It's just too damn hot. Yeah. I don't know what it is. Like the sun reflecting off of the big buildings with the windows. It just gets so damn hot down there and sweaty. I just don't want to be anywhere near it. So <laughs> That's my reasoning for not wanting to be in the city in the summer. I was talking about the lake and the shore. Yeah, I know. I wanted to get something off my chest. Anyway, um, yeah. <laughs> just taking a dig at City well, No, people. so I actually, I just found out, and I think this is probably going to piss off a lot of people, but you know this about me. It's Country Fest down the shore this weekend. Oh, and, the, and Wildwood. Yeah, so yeah. it's it's like Blake Shelton and Darius Rucker, which I actually like those two. But Kid Rock is performing on Sunday night, and I can't imagine a place that I'd rather not be than on the beach for a Kid Rock concert. Maybe... It would be kind of funny to see Kid Rock and kind of reminisce on his songs that if he plays up when his I was like oh, old two? catalog, I would I would like what was the song? Uh, I want to be a cowboy, yeah. like that There's, shit. He does have some bops. I'm not gonna lie, but I feel like he's probably just gonna do the Pledge of Allegiance the entire time. So more than likely, yeah, just so play probably that. avoid that one. But um, I. Typically don't, and this is sort of, there's a lot of things that I don't like because of the fans. I don't like country because of the fans for the most wow, part. Wow, okay. You don't uh, like me then? Not, you're different. Why? Like there are, there obviously there's people in separate groups that are tolerable and they don't force it down your throat and it's not like their whole personality. It's such a funny stance that you're taking with country music and people shoving it down your throat. In all of my experiences... Country music fans are You're the least pushy about No, the funny thing is when I tell people or if I'm listening to country music, the reactions that I get from people, like if I'm at the gym by myself, I will play country music. And people walk in and they elicit such an angry response. It's crazy to me that people are like, oh my God, what is this shit? It's, but if I walk into a room and someone's playing a genre of music I don't like, yeah, you don't I don't do say that. a goddamn word. But I also don't like those people. But there's so many of those my, people. Yeah, my bone to pick with that is there. I mean, there are a lot of country people that they make it their whole personality. I also have an issue with people that love The Office and make it their whole personality. <laughs> there's just people out there that will take one thing, one pop culture thing, and make it all about themselves. And I hate those people. And that's kind of why I don't like country. If other people play it, like if you play it and we're golfing, I'll enjoy it. 
because it's nice to be outside listening to some easy music. Do I think it's the simplest of music? Yes, absolutely. That's, you, that's, you just talk look, about your truck and your dog and your ex-wife and you're good. stupidest fucking argument. You a country song right now. Not the shit that I listen to. Mm-hmm. Okay? Okay. No. The stuff that I've I listen to is stuff good music. No, to. you haven't because I don't play it around you because you're an asshole about <laughs> it. You're like, oh, here we go. Fucking country. You're sitting here acting like, oh, if we're on the golf course, he doesn't say. Don't let him spin this narrative for you folks at home. When we're on the golf course and country music's playing, he makes jokes. He makes jokes. And he talks shit about it. He's and then not I put singing. on emo music. And then he puts real on music. Fallout Boy, which, look, I'm not shitting on Fallout Boy or emo music yeah. for the right time and place. Absolutely. If I'm sitting, chilling, it's a nice day, and I want to listen to fucking, I'm not going to say Zach Bryant because everybody listens to him now, but if I want yeah. some Whiskey Myers playing, Whiskey Myers is great fucking music. And if you don't like that. No, I like it if I'm sitting with you and it's on. That's fine. No, because now fest, you're fucking, you've been watching too much Housewives. Fest. You've been watching too no, much Housewives because no, 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 now no, you're no. spinning narratives. I would have done this you're two years ago. fucking narratives no, no, no. that just are you simply not true. I would have done this I do two know years you. ago. And you just talk shit about it. Yeah. You talk shit about country music. Don't sit here and act like you don't. people. I am a people and I hate you. <laughs> well, anyway, so yeah, the it's there's two weekends that I hate down the shore. It's that. And it's Jeep weekend. Jeep, oh, Jeep people are way worse. That one, I'll get. Yeah, okay, if you're a Jeep person, yes, I get. Yeah. I can get on board. You can with own this. a Jeep and be fine. It's the damn Jeep wave. The I, I had one bit. I had a bit last summer where I started waving to people that had Jeeps, and they were mad about it. Oh, because you're you not part of the club. You're not part of the club. You don't have a Jeep. You can't wave to me. You know which one? You. you know which one I hate? What? If oh the the bumper sticker that's upside down. Have you seen these on Jeeps? I don't think so, no. On the Jeeps that they deck out with like the big tires and yeah. the roll bars and like the the exhaust thing that allows oh, yeah, because you to they, drive it's in amphibious. Water. They can go in yeah, the water. Yeah, exactly. Sure, okay. it, there's a lot of times they have an upside down bumper sticker and says, "If you can read this, help." Because <laughs> they flip. The oh, Jeep. that's pretty funny. It's not. Don't give them credit. <laughs> no, I like that one. That that's leaning into it because it's like, hey, but at the end of the day, it's really not that good of a car. So eh, whatever. Um, I hope that we have a huge Jeep following. Yeah, I, I just probably just offended so many. People. I offended so many people in that last segment. <laughs> I, by the way, I had a Grand Cherokee. Great car. Yeah, great no, car. Yeah. Guess what I didn't have? Bumper stickers. Guess yeah. what I didn't do? The wave. Well, it's three fingers, right? I have no idea. I think it's a three finger wave. Yeah, uh, yeah. I don't think I can even do that. Is it those three? Two, bro. I think it's these three. It's they, almost like a Scout's Honor kind yeah. of deal. Or is that oh. two? I don't know. I think we've spent too much time talking about Jeeps. I think it's, yeah, I think it's this. I think you just do that. Is it this right yeah. here? We used to do that in high school, though. But So we were Jeeple in high school. We didn't know it. We didn't have Jeeps in high school. But yeah, no. uh, that's the end of my rant. Yeah, no. Well, you went after country music and Jeeps. Jeeps, we I can get on board. 6,000 listeners. We've <laughs> lost 10,000 <laughs> listeners in the span of five minutes of a stupid rant. But anyway... Let's get to the reason that you're all here. It's not to listen to me and him bicker, or maybe it is. Some people do enjoy that. But let's get on to the news. Uh, Kim Zolciak is coming back to Atlanta, which is wild given all of the things going on with her. We don't know the Atlanta cast that well, but if you follow any Bravo account, you'll see that her and her husband have gotten divorced or in the process of doing so. She has an alleged gambling problem. She's apparently losing all of her money. Apparently, she went to Bravo and was, like, begging for a job pretty much to stay afloat. Yeah. Now, I wonder if they're bringing her back because Andy wants her back, or did Andy actually have a sympathetic moment where he's like, all right, you know what? I'll throw you a bone. I'll help you out. Well, it's interesting because when, like, we get a lot of comments about going back and watching things, and people have been a little more respectful. They're just saying, go back to, say, like, the Africa trip and start from there, which That's is only a few helpful. seasons. That That's is helpful. helpful. I like that. 
But a lot of those comments said, you got to see Kim on the show. Like, that's what you need to see. So I am interested to see it because we like Atlanta. We really enjoy it. And obviously, this is our first foyer into this. So next year, if she comes back, if it's next year or the year after, I'm excited to see it because people have kind of talked it up. Yeah, I'm excited to see it, too. To give credit to our, our listeners that listen to Wednesday, the comments were much more constructive on our lack of a history with Atlanta. And the constructive ones help. If you give us like specifics, we will check into specifics. If you say loosely, you guys need to go back and watch season two through ten, it's like, well, I, we can't. Yeah. So give us specifics. We will read them. We'll read your opinions. If you want to chat with us about it, who was it? Jared Barnes, who's been a longtime follower of ours, has his own podcast now, too, if you want to go check that out. But... Jared sent us a message today and it was explaining, it was like a paragraph, but it was explaining a situation with Marlo and like why Marlo feels the way she does because she is not accepted by the group as like a full-time housewife, I guess is something he was referring to. Extraordinarily helpful to have stances and opinions so we can understand the dynamic of the group. That's what we need. Yep. We don't need a hateful comment like you guys are lazy and don't want to put the work in. Like we work so hard. Yeah. (laughs) They're like, if you really want to do this full time, you would care enough to go back and watch. It's like, was it Jared? There was another guy who was tweeting at us saying, yeah, I listened to the broad bros really like their show. And I think there was another show that he really liked as well. And he said that he decided to start a podcast because we made it sound so easy. And then I think it took him a couple episodes to realize it is not easy. No, and he gave Surprisingly, us Surprisingly, he, he gave us props. That is Jared. That's Jared. That is Jared. Okay, yeah. Surprisingly, it is not that easy. We don't just sit down and start talking right away. <laughs> we put a lot of work into this. So. A lot. It's a whole lot. And we, we also have full-time jobs outside of this. So yeah. now we're working on that part. Then maybe we can watch seasons two through eight. If we do this full time, we'll go back and watch everything because that's the dream. If I can wake up when I want to, watch Bravo and talk shit about it with you and then just edit and then cook food on the side. That is the dream. That's my life. I, I want that to be my life. So golf in between there? Hell yeah. Golf? Fuck yeah. So Shout that's our US Open. That's our goal. That's Here's our life plan, our vision board, if you will. We just shared it with you. But let's get into our rose and thorn because we got uh, the final Jersey reunion episode to discuss and it's a doozy so i'm gonna start us off because the these two comments together are possibly up there with my this is a top three rosenthorn for me so as you know we had a little wildfire fallout last week the wildfires in canada sent smoke down this way and we made some jokes obviously we understand it's a wildfire it's a serious thing and we're not making light or supporting wildfires (laughs) Like, yeah, I think we took the stance against wildfires. Actually. We are anti-wildfire here at the Brav Bros, and no one can tell you different because I'm saying it right now. Clearly, we were making a couple jokes about the smoke being a pain in the ass, and it was kind of intended to be ironic because in the grand scheme of a wildfire, if you have to deal with smoke and not the fire, there's irony there. That was the goal. Yeah. It was in jest, but one person got it, and I'm going to start with the rose because this is funny. It's from a Canadian fan. And it literally says, titled Canadian fan from Sad Jojo. Sorry about the fires and the emoji, like the shrug emoji. Like three of those guys. Like, oh, sorry, guys. (laughs) So I thought that was funny because it was juxtaposed to this one, which is even better. From Hunter and Olive on YouTube. Quote, these assholes up there have to push their wind down here. End quote. Is without question the dumbest fucking quote I've ever heard. You morons are the largest contributor to climate change. If you don't like wildfire smoke, stop being the most irresponsible nation on earth. Jackasses, stopped watching there. Bye. And I commented back, 
you spelled asshole wrong because she used a zero, which is hysterical because in this comment, she tried to like soften asshole for sure with a zero. But Everybody goes on to softened asshole. Everyone likes a softened asshole, <laughs> but goes on to say fucking and spells fucking F U C K I N G. So why would you soften asshole and then drop a hard F bomb in there? Maybe and you... also, why do you think that we actually think Canada's to blame for sending smoke our way? I, like, Come on, you didn't get the joke. I mean, we could have sung the South Park Blame Canada. Like, yeah. We really wanted to. <laughs> I should have put that in the intro. <laughs> that would have been really good. <laughs> well, you know what? We got what was coming to us anyway because our interstate collapsed on itself. So yeah. there we go. Yeah, 95 blew up. Yeah, so. so you can make fun of us now, yeah. even though neither of us use 95 anymore. Uh, I actually, this was a good week for me. I have oh. two roses and one thorn. I'm going to start off with the thorn. Actually, no, I'm going to sandwich. No, no, no. Save the, the one rose for the last one because I know, you which, know which one, one it is. is and, and you know what? That might be an all-time. We might have to get it framed. And when we set I up our will. when we set up our studio, that one might have to be. Yeah, you definitely center. know which one it is. Then. Yep. Uh, so I'm going to start off with my thorn. This one came from YouTube. Watching two men sitting like schlumps, sitting sadly <laughs> with baseball caps on backwards, is really effing sad. Schlumps. <laughs> <laughs> Steel. Look, I'm not going to make any excuses for myself, but Jesus Christ, Steel is an actual personal trainer. Yeah. So him being called a schlump is really funny, objectively, and also screw you, buddy. Yeah. We're having a good time over here. Yeah, we're having you're a great not. time. You know what the funniest part is? We get paid to sit like schlumps on this couch while you're sitting there commenting for free, helping our algorithm go higher yeah. and make more money. You so, know what? Thanks, if dude. I want to sit like a schlump and ruin my back, that's on me, buddy. Yeah, you, right? you I don't need to be chastised don't for that. Posture, don't posture shame. Uh, and then my first rose comes from Jess's Krabby. Oh my God, do I have a crush on a guy nicknamed Rudy McTootie? Yes, yes, I do. <laughs> Hell yeah, Jess. You sure do. And that's great because this leads me right into my next one. Here this is. is a review we got. I'm going to hear this for the rest of my life. <laughs> <laughs> and it's titled Shooter Has BDE. <laughs> for those of you who don't know, that's Big Dick Energy. Hell yeah. It needs to be said. That comes from Rog Analog. I don't, you know, whatever. Um, yeah. Whatever. I, You're not going to read the name I that know, gave I, you BDE. I couldn't. I can't read the name, so I just move on. Rather than what you do, where you stammer and try to like, oh, read you're the a name coward. Yeah, probably. You're a I fucking coward. You're a Rogue. you're a weasel. You got to suffer through it. That's the game. Rogan a log. Rogan a log. Rogan a log. Oh, not that fucking easy, is it? You selfish son of a. O n a l o g. It doesn't make any sense. Doesn't none of them do. Way. No, hold on. I get so much shit for this, <laughs> and you just you move on. Gloss over. Yeah, you should do that. No, because I often. no. Because I stand by my laurels. I will I will stick it out, and I will get through the fucking name there's out of respect. There's standing by your laurels, and there's resting on your laurels. You stand on them. I, I stand by my laurels. Okay. Did well, I say it wrong? <laughs> here's the thing. The more you guys comment things like that, the more it's going to go to my head. And I really don't know what's going to happen. It doesn't need it anymore. My head is very large, physically and theoretically. Theoretically? Metaphorically. Yeah. Metaphorically. And yeah, I don't, you know, he doesn't need it anymore, guys. Keep on going, baby. Don't do the influencer shit, the pseudo celebrity shit. The BDE is the nail in the coffin. Yeah. Like, you shouldn't have said that one. I'm giving him props because that's a good compliment. You guys don't know what you just did. You have no idea what you do when you feed this man's ego. You make my life a lot more difficult because I try to humble him and it's getting next to impossible. Yeah. Yeah. You're, you're shit out of luck there, buddy. Yeah. So thanks a lot. You assholes. (laughs) (laughs) 
That takes us to Rosi. OC, we are in Orange County for the first time ever. I've never watched this show. I know some of the, the cast only because of Ultimate Girls Trip, and we just hear a lot about this cast. It's the OG franchise. It was the first Real Housewives out there, so out of respect, we need to dive into it. And a lot of our listeners, you guys are enjoying this season, so I know we're only two eps in, but we are diving into it. Knee-jerk reaction, what do you think? I know how I felt going into it. I wasn't super optimistic, but after watching a couple episodes, where do you stand? I don't really like it that much. You're not a fan? I'm being honest, yeah. No, I, I I, don't know. It's not for the normal reasons. It's not. I, I don't feel like it's overly fabricated. Maybe it's because I don't understand the relationships yet and kind of their history, which, again, I mean, usually we can kind of hit the ground running in a lot of these franchises and understand pretty much right away and kind of stand behind one person i don't dislike any of them either i just oh, can't I do. really put my th- oh yeah I, I all right that's fair I'll, I'll take that one back i just can't really put my thumb on why i don't like it it just didn't seem that entertaining i was pretty bored throughout the episode maybe it'll pick up i hope it picks up because we kind of need it but first reaction first two episodes i really wasn't that into it i like this week towards the end of the show um I thought it got interesting enough, enough to make me want to continue watching. And I think that this is an important franchise. This is one that they need to figure out how to revamp it. They've been trying mm-hmm. to. And if they can figure it out and try to, like, I feel like across the board, they're testing ways to make these shows better and bring them into this next generation. Now, yeah, are they if, doing like, it New the York, right way? If New York does well with a whole new cast, do you think they'll do that? Because I, think... I think that's part of the problem is there's a reason why this show went downhill and it doesn't look like they're doing enough. They're just bringing back, they're bringing back, back people, people from, yeah. and, and flying Taylor in, even though I guess she lives in OC now, but yeah, I think that's part of it. It just, it just seems a little stale. Yeah. There's not enough to sink my teeth into. I think in regards to the Roni comment, I do think that if that is successful, even remotely. So like if it does well enough to garner a second season, I think that's going to shake up the landscape of every show. I think that opens the door to a, a lot point. of yeah. possibilities. I think that their sweet spot is going to be figuring out how to tie in OGs with newbies without it being a six to two ratio of old heads to newbies. Like I yeah. think once they figure out how to tie in some of the legacy cast members correctly and without shoving them down our throat. I think you just have to pick and choose. I mean, we see it on Jersey. They put in two newbies, and they just get immediately overshadowed by the bullshit they that we've did been dealing okay. with for 10 They did years. all right. The newbies in a, in a vacuum did great. Yeah. But the rest of the show overshadows it because, I mean, we don't care about what's going on in Jersey anymore. We're tired of it. So it's hard for them to shine. I think in OC, you could probably do that because, yeah, Tamara's back, and she's making a big stink out of things and trying to kind of rev it up. And I actually, I didn't really like her too much in Ultimate Girls Trip. I thought she was pretty good here. She was great in this second episode. And I understand why they brought her back, because they definitely need her. The rest of the cast seems a little stale, but they, they got it. They seem rude. They do seem rude. And maybe that's just a California An thing, OC honestly. thing, I like, don't know. You get it in Beverly Hills. I mean, they're they're mean to each other sometimes, but they don't seem rude. They don't seem stuck up. They seem pretty down to earth, especially with, the new people that have come in over the last couple of years. So a lot of this crew seems like they don't have time for other people. Yeah. Like which that's kind of what I was getting. Cause they kind of like check out of things that like just walk off in the middle of conversations. Right. They interrupt each other. And I'm like, that's just like mean instead of just like sitting through it, but let's just dive into it. Up first, we, um, 
get Emily, Jen, and Gina is coming to meet them at lunch. And got to give props to Gina. We got another sober person in the house. She's Cali sober, but she's sober all the Love same. Cali sober. Props to you, Gina. Well done. But we learn a little bit about the past of Jen, who is a newbie, and she met her new man while she was still married, but says that the marriage had fizzled out, that they were sleeping in separate rooms. She met this guy. They had something, but they were never intimate with one another, and then it blossomed into something more once she was divorced. She claims she never even held hands with the guy. It is an emotional affair, which Emily comments on and says, I would rather my man like step out with cinnamon from the strip club yeah. one night and it just be a one-off thing. Yeah, emotional, emotional affairs affair. are definitely a little deeper. It doesn't make me jaded towards Jen because I don't know Jen at all, but I, I appreciate the fact that she can be open about it, I guess, that we were kind of learning about all of her shit like right out of the gate. And that might be a defense mechanism too, because she knows it could be used against her later. So maybe just possibility. Like, I mean, that would be a lot of that would be a veteran move for a newbie. But I mean well, we can I give her credit it for was, that. And here's why. Because Gina's like, well, I heard you had an affair. And she stands by. She's like, I did have an affair. Yeah. She's like, but you didn't do anything with him. She's like, no, I I mean I was talking to the man every day. Like right, right. so for her to take credit. Yeah, the self awareness is always key for these shows. We, we love self awareness here. We love the self awareness. And I mean, my biggest thing from this conversation and just generally speaking, what the hell is it? What do you have to live in an O state to get a soda with your drink? Oh, if it's get a, a Diet Coke? A Midwestern thing, she claims. Ohio is not really, I, I don't know, whatever. Ohio is definitely Midwest. That don't stuck out to me. me. And they're like, oh, yeah, you're from Ohio. I'm from Oklahoma. We do the same thing. We get Diet Cokes when we get our drinks. We get pop. Like, I don't get that. In Ohio, they call it pop. I got kind of stuck on that. So just Of course you did. Hand up, getting stuck on the little things. Um, it was I mean, It was interesting for a starting scene for this episode to kind of get into that. And obviously, we need to know more about Jen and... I thought it was a pretty good start to the episode, and obviously we're not going to go deep into the first episode. We might reference it. The first episode just didn't hit at all for me. No, same. The entire time. But what it did for this me was one, give me preamble, I guess. I guess, little, yeah. And that's kind of what this scene did for me was kind of build up a little bit so that we know the background for a right. lot of these. Yeah, exactly. But the main talk is they're having this pink flamingo party or a flamingo party, which, you know, I love a good, a good pun. So I thought that was funny, flamingo. Uh, it comes out later that a flamingo is actually an awkward party where you feel the need to stand on one leg because you're so uncomfortable. So I thought that was funny as yes. well. But moving on from there, we get a quick check in at Heather's house is getting her daughter packed for college with everything that you could ever need for all four years of college. When I went to college, I packed up a bunch of random shit. My mom did hook it up. I think she went to uh, Ikea when we were in Ohio, which is funny I went to Ohio State, so we're referencing Ohio. Ha ha. Go Buckeyes. But <laughs> that was the most ridiculous amount of stuff I've ever seen to move your child into college, especially if that's her freshman With year. a micro fridge? Which, by the way, doesn't Ooh. make a lot of sense to me. It sounds dangerous to me, but it yeah. also... Sounds like radiation poisoning to me. It does a little bit. But my thing is, every dorm that I ever stayed in came with a microwave and a fridge. In the actual dorm room? Yeah. Oh, no, that's not typical. Oh, uh, just that, that's, that's an Ohio just, State. That's yeah, just Ohio State based Ohio State. Yeah, sorry. Um, sorry no, yeah, that was one of the things that, like, when we went to college, you always figure out, all right, who's my roommate? One person brings a TV, one person brings a fridge. That's kind of like the general rule of thumb there. Oh, no, we but, just bought it with our quote unquote meal money. Oh, there you go. <laughs> um, so I think that because I watched this on Peacock, I may have watched the, you know, how they do like the never before seen whatever. I, I watched I, that one too. Okay. So I was really confused that they were dropping 
in the future, like in the next scene, you're going to find out that Heather doesn't really like comfort. Oh, yeah. That reminded like, me of, I don't give a shit. It reminded me of Blind Date. Yeah. Uh, blind yeah, date, that, that's like, a really good point. Yeah. It'll pop up and be like, show. Tony doesn't like goldfish. God, that was and they're eating show. goldfish. <laughs> <laughs> that, was a great, that brings back a lot of memories. Yeah. But, but yeah, no, it, it was that was, it was a, That was a stay home from school sick and Blind Date was playing like on repeat. Yeah. <laughs> and that was I, that gave me a little bit of insight into the show at least because they do have a good amount of family values. Mm-hmm. So while, you know, we pointed out that the women when they're together will kind of just cut each other off and start talking about other things and be completely rude to each other, we do get the family values which we get a much better scene a little bit later with Jen and I thought it was a good start. And again, we don't know a whole lot about these women going into it. I don't want to harp on it. This will probably be the last time that we mention it. But I do like that she's openly discussing things with her family and having a good time. It gives a good mood for the rest of the episode. Yeah. Yeah. The little things matter a lot for us. But she has a FaceTime with Tamara and Shannon, which leads to the next scene of Tamara and Shannon finally sitting down together. They used to be very close. They had since had a falling out. When Simon was having chemo, Tamara claims that Shannon was originally there for her, checked in with her, and just kind of fizzled out, and then was just ghosting her pretty much. Now, right. when they have this conversation, Shannon says, I did. I texted you. I checked in. And Tamara says, okay, maybe a couple of times. It's like, I know. All right, well, that's, that's different than ghosting. That's not the same thing at all. So that made me immediately question what actually was going on. But then Tamara immediately like flips it and goes, yeah, but you're just fake. You're, like you weren't there for me. And Shannon's like, you were talking shit. And they play a clip from the podcast. And yeah, she was. She called her neurotic. She called her crazy. She called her a drunk. She said she had like a substance abuse problem. Like those are big claims to make. And then I thought it was funny. And it was like a throw into the face of Tamara because after that moment, Shannon orders a drink. So they oh, yeah. get a double Belvedere with some limes in it. Well, huh? She started off by not getting a drink. She just wanted a water because it was too damn hot. And my issue leading into this scene was, like you said, Heather had FaceTimed both of them. Tamara on the FaceTime said, you know, I'm a little nervous. I don't really know what to expect. Heather said, it looks like you guys want two different things because I just talked to Shannon and I don't really know. Would you say that to somebody if they were nervous about going to meet like a mutual friend? No. Like, hey, I know you're nervous, but she also wants something completely different. So good luck with that, buddy. No. It seems like Heather doesn't really want them to actually be friends. Maybe she just wants to poke him a little bit maybe she wants to poke him a little bit i took it two different ways either that or maybe she knows better it could just be one of those situations where she is close enough to shannon she's close enough to tamra she understands that they're never really going to be aligned and it doesn't make a whole lot of sense for them to be friends so she might just be kind of like pushing that a little bit to Mm -hmm. try to keep them separate but at the end of the day i mean we will always applaud two women three women however many that want to sit down and actually talk about their issues because it's good for us as the audience to see it And it also kind of gets a lot of things out there without other people interjecting. So I'll always applaud two people just sitting down, having lunch, and discussing their issues. Firmly agree. This did not go that way. It it was a lot of finger-pointing and blaming the other person. And it ends with an awkward, like, well, let's just try to figure this out. And it's funny. I put it in quotes because we hear this specific verbatim quote in every single franchise. Let's move forward and see. Like if we let's just move forward and see if we can figure this out. Like everybody that has a feud at some point will sit down with whoever they're feuding with. They won't accomplish anything during the conversation and they'll end the conversation with, you know what? We're adults, we can move forward. We'll figure this out. Let's just let's just 
you know, give each other some space and like, we'll start slow. I think that's so hard to accomplish on these shows when they do that because you have to film together. You're going to be around like, yes, you might be able to take six months off from a friendship and let things go because time will heal it. But when you're filming a show that you have to be around each other, you're never going to be able to get that space. You're never going to be able to move away from it. And obviously, you're going to want a storyline. So if you have nothing going on, you're probably going to poke that bear. So we see it time and time again. And we also see, and we talked about this before, before Tamara came back to OC, obviously she has that podcast. We've heard her talk countless shit, just randomly, just trying to get like a news headline or whatever, drumming up interest in the podcast. And she was talking shit on everybody. She just started talking shit on Teresa, even though she was cool with Teresa a couple of months ago. So that doesn't surprise me at at all. all. And I'm actually happy that Shannon has clips and she knows verbatim what you've said about me on this podcast. It's not right. You shouldn't be talking shit on, especially a a housemate doing that. But if you listen to two T's, Teddy makes up shit. Yep. Tamara makes up shit. Like they've been known to. People have reached out to us about it. Like it, it seems to be a common theme. So I want them to start talking shit on us. Let's start. Oh a yeah, a little feud between two T's. I'll take that smoke yeah, all day. Absolutely. Bring it. But I will say, while I didn't like this scene, I enjoyed Tamara for what she was bringing to the episode. Don't don't like her specifically as a person. Didn't care for Shannon, really. No, I, I'm episode. in the same boat. But yeah. moving on, we got a quick check-in with Jen and her family. And it is a really cool story, what she's done for fostering kids. And she ended up adopting Dominic. And hearing that story also, what that did for me was like, oh, hey, Fuda, this is how you talk about adoption. This is how you talk about like family <laughs> stuff. Like This is a, a very heartwarming story. It's not like dragging the people that that were Dominic's parents prior. It's just talking about her experiences with the kid and like informing us, the viewers. So props to you, Jen. I will say I have a different tune about the Fudos overall after watching the third part of the reunion. So I'm not going to go in as hard with that, but I like the scene. And the next thing I want to talk about, we're at Cut Fitness, which is Tamara's gym. Yes. It's been open for 10 years. They can't maintain it. She blames just the climate of the world right now. It's just impossible for small businesses. She does have a point. It's a really tough time to be a small business owner, but the gym was an important part of her life. She's closing it down. She's talking to her husband about it. And and Emily sends her a text, which she really appreciated because I don't know if they're that close. Or... Yeah, it doesn't seem, it seems like they had a bit of a falling out. Uh, apparently, Tamara called her Shrek multiple times. Again, Tamara's fault. See, yeah. see there's a pattern here, guys. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I thought that was really nice. I thought that was Emily being the bigger person. And even though, yeah, you might, you might disagree. You might have a feud going on. You might not really be that close, but again, if somebody that you're working with and you have to see all the time is going through something emotional, which this is emotional and you know, the timer's going through it emotionally, reach out, just say, Hey, you know, you did a great job. 10 years is nothing to balk at. I think she said, and I wish you the best and move on to the next chapter of your life. And Tamara actually received it well, which was good to see. And that's kind of the good thing that we want to see. However, she immediately spins it as, I think it would be nice if Shannon could do something like that. Why would Shannon do that? One, why would Shannon do that? Two, that takes away from Emily texting you. If you immediately think like, hey, this person who I don't really see eye to eye with is reaching out in a nice way to kind of comfort me. 
that's really nice. Leave it there. That's it. You don't have to Period. spin it into, it would be nice if this other person did it because then it discredits what Emily did. You can't just immediately compare it to something that someone else did not do because that's not fair to Emily. So if I'm Emily and I'm watching that, I'm like, oh, what the fuck? Well, then why did I take Why did I take the time to do that? I could have just not texted her and she probably wouldn't have said a word. She's still so focused on the Shannon thing and she can't get over it, which is really my only sticking point with Tamara. Yes, she puts her foot in her mouth and she talks shit on people that really don't deserve it most of the time. I don't really like Shannon, but she is so fixated on this Shannon thing. I hope we can move past it in the next couple of episodes because I it, think we will. it could be tiring. I think we will move on. It seems like one of those is going to be like a quick touch and go. I don't think they're going to try to drag it out for the season because it's not entertaining enough already. So I hope that they don't like latch on to that one. But moving on, we um, get Emily and Shane driving and... The only thing I need to say here is that Emily wanted to stop on the way back for a Taco Bell burrito. Fuck yeah, we love that. Love a little T-Bell. I'll do a free plug for Taco Bell. What's your go-to at Taco Bell real quick? What's your number one food item from there? I haven't been to Taco Bell in years. That's disgraceful. I know. Why? I don't know. Have you ever had a cheesy gordita crunch? Yeah, absolutely. We used to get them in high school after drinking all night. We would go to the main line and go pick up because Taco Bell was up until three. And and we we always had our sober. By the way, we'd have our sober friend. Mike Rhodes was our sober friend. Drive us over. Always drive us over to Taco Bell, a bunch of drunk assholes in the back of his car, and we would eat like six cheesy gordita crunches. We would take George's Suburban. <laughs> yeah, we'd take George's Suburban. We'd eat a ton of them on the way. We'd eat three on the way home and have three when we got back to wherever the hell we were sleeping, and then eat the leftovers and maybe have one for breakfast. I would oh, I would definitely have the soggy, like it's kind of stuck to the wrapper the next morning. Yeah. I would shovel that in my face, and so then that if it was Saturday, be... we, would, we would probably pop it off and drink I it assume again. that's still an option, so that's my go-to at Taco Bell. Cheesy gordita crunch for sure is the number one fast food item on the planet and you can't tell me different but that takes us to the boat and overall decent boat trip for us the viewers it was a good scene and like this is why i'm hopeful for the season i enjoyed the second half the beginning and i think here's what i think why we're both not like oh this is good you're right when it's it's a lot easier with some of these other franchises to kind of pinpoint what's happening and like jump in without a whole lot of background because you can pick up on it. Atlanta's been tough and OC's been tough, which is interesting that we're doing them both simultaneously, but it's harder for me with this one to to pick up on the nuances so far. I don't know if there's nuances. I just get the vibe that these women aren't really friends at all. Oh, that's so there's not enough to really share. I mean, yes, they're friendly. You get to see when Emily goes over to Gina's house because she has to kind of take over the party for her they seem friendly it seems like they have a good rapport they might actually be friends but the rest of them there's no real other dynamic there's nothing else being shared so really again the only thing that we can focus on is Tamara losing her cool and then Shannon hearing it and then so on and so forth so again I I hope that it's just us being new to the show I hope it's just that and maybe we can pick up a couple more things as we go along but I think it's just a little dull right now because they're not really friends that's an interesting interesting point but this is when the the caddy shit starts and that this is what i don't like because it's not fun it's not fun drama tamra's thanking emily for her text which i thought was good of her to like make a point to do that yeah while they're having like a heart-to-heart about cut which is obviously going to be a sensitive subject for tamra emily is being very sympathetic she's giving her props she's building her up right now in a moment where she needs it heather just like interrupts and gets up and goes is there a penthouse guys I know you're having like a hard tart, Tammy, about to cry, but is there a penthouse? I'm going to go upstairs. The boat? I'm going to go, I'm going to go upstairs. Would, check out is penthouse. that even called a penthouse? No, it's not called a penthouse. No. It's not. It's, what's it called? I don't know, but it's. The bridge. 
Yeah, it's, it's a bridge. probably where the captain is. Yeah, it, that's the bridge. It's not a penthouse. It's up above you. There's only one room in this boat, seemingly. So no, it's not a fucking penthouse. But to take the time to cut the conversation off was weird. But then I figured out later that seems to be a pattern with this crew. Because immediately, you know, Shannon arrives, Taylor arrives, and I love that Taylor is presented as Tamara's friend. Yes. If you looked at the little caption on the yep. screen. But she asks, Tamara asks Jen, hey, can you share with us the story about adopting Dominic? Because it's a pretty amazing thing that you've done, fostering children, adopting children. We want to hear about it. It's, it's heartwarming. She starts talking about a very emotional subject, something that I personally want to hear, something that a lot of these women want to hear. And Shannon's like, is that, is that John's son? Is that John's son out there? Hey, hey, Heather. Is that John's son out there? Jim? Is that Jim? Jim! Like, what are you doing? And passing like, by a boat, there's no chance. I mean, even if it was. Who cares? Who cares? Give a what wave. What are you going to do? Yeah, just give a wave and move on. What are you going to, like, segue into a conversation about the boat that you went on? Like, no. And she just, she keeps saying things to Heather. Like, do, do, you, see, do you see that boat over there? They're almost tipping over. Do you feel us? Like, we're, oh, we're kind of up right now. It's like, stop talking. And thank God, I, I like Jen. I will say I like Jen. And Jen's like, you know what? I'm just not gonna. I'm not gonna do this. I'm not gonna sit here and try to do this. She doesn't care. Like no one wants to hear this. And everyone's like, no, no. Like we want to hear. We want to hear. She goes, all right. I'll give the quick version so I don't like hold you up for too long. Yeah. And even with all of those tips, all those hints, all those cues, Shannon has no clue. This is why I was like, all right. Well, Shannon sucks. I don't like her because I hate that. I hate j- ignoring people is I think one of the most disrespectful things you can do. It's it's much worse to me than calling someone an asshole or a bitch or saying fuck you. Indifference is so rude because yeah. it's so easy to acknowledge people yep. and I've never understood that move. I get when people get in your face and yell, okay, but indifference is just brutal and I, I fucking hated that scene. But um, the big thing we need to discuss is the Tamara versus Shannon thing. That, that was the whole episode really and it, it comes to a head on the boat and it's hard not to take Tamara's side here, regardless of what we've heard on podcasts and stuff, only because the first chance that Shannon had to prove both Tamara and Jen wrong, because Tamara gave Jen kind of a quick run through of what yeah. she thinks, this is how Shannon acts. You're going to see it. And Shannon immediately does it. And Jen's like, I see exactly what you're talking about. I get what you're talking about. So that's a point for Tamara, because the first chance Shannon has to discredit it she gives her more fuel for the fire. So Emily sits down with Tamara to talk about it. And she's like, can you just let it go? Like, can you agree that you both need to come halfway and just, you did some stuff that was wrong. She did some stuff that was wrong. Let bygones be bygones and move forward. Now, do you think that they actually can, or do you think they even want to? I don't think they want to. It seems like Tamara seems to be on a war path to the point where even talking about it, she can't talk about it calmly. She has to raise her voice to the point that Shannon actually hears that she's talking about it and then kind of comes running in and starts talking about it a little bit more. I don't see Shannon letting go of it necessarily because she wants to prove herself right. I don't see Tamara letting go of it because she's kind of made it a point to talk about it more often. I don't think there's going to be a resolution. If that makes any sense, obviously we've seen a ton of things that just never get resolved. So it's kind of par for the course for these shows, but I don't think that this should be a major sticking point. I think I'm with Emily on the fact that just let it go. Just move on. Bygones be bygones. You're back on the show. I know you can't say that, but you're back on the show. Try to find something else. Honestly, just try to find something else, have some fun, see where it goes, and then we'll move past it. I don't know if things are going to get squashed 
because I know for a fact after watching Tamara on Ultimate Girls Trip and then seeing her on this episode, I see what she's doing because she's doing the same thing she did in Ultimate Girls Trip. Right. She's trying to make a, a case for herself to be full-time forever. She wants to be I on the show. Too, yeah. So she's coming in hot. She's like, here's my storyline. I'm going to gun for it. I'm not going to let this go. I'm going to cause a scene. I'm going to get loud. I'm going to be an OG housewife because I want to stick around this time. I don't want to get asked to leave again. I'm bringing 150%. Shannon, why I don't think it's going to work with her or why she's not going to be able to move on is because she can't take accountability for what just happened. Because Emily, and I guess Emily, maybe this is a goal to try to keep the peace or something, takes it upon herself to be like, hey, you need to apologize to Jen for cutting her off earlier because that was really rude. Right. Why Shannon's not going to work out is because Shannon didn't even realize, quote unquote, that that even happened. And there's no fucking way that sitting there at that table while that was happening, you didn't understand what you were doing. That was a choice that you were making. You were making a choice to be indifferent towards her because you didn't care or you wanted to prove a point that this isn't worth your time. So you got caught being an asshole. You then like pull it back and go, well, I'm I'm adopting a kid. Like, I, I, of course I care because I'm trying to do the same thing and be a foster parent. And it's like, that's not an excuse for not listening to or giving her the time of day just because you yourself are attempting to be a foster parent as well. That doesn't mean you're on the same level as her. She's been it. She's lived it. She's done it. You said I wanted to be a foster parent, but then I got pregnant. Like, that's not the same thing. And for you to try to calm the situation by using that, I thought was a bullshit move. It's summertime, which means that you've got vacations planned, you've got money saved, you've got money allotted for certain specific things. We're trying to enjoy ourselves this summer. What happens if something unexpected pops up? You get in a fender bender, you get in a pinch for cash, you need money right away, and you don't have it. You spend it on that trip to Boca. You know what I'm saying? It's okay. Things happen. And when those things happen, Dave has got you covered. Dave is the banking app that can help you get up to 500 instantly with extra cash. With Dave, there's no interest, late fees, or a credit check. That's more money to fill your tank, finally get your car repaired, or catch up on bills without having to wait for your next paycheck. Millions of people have already downloaded the Dave app to get the financial relief they need with extra cash. So if you're in a pinch and need some extra help, download Dave and think of it as a helping hand from future you. Future you, what a guy. Download the Dave app from the App Store right now or go to dave.com slash bravbros. That's dave.com slash bravbros. Sign up for an extra cash account and get up to $500 instantly. For terms and conditions, go to dave.com slash legal. Instant transfer fees apply. Banking services provided by Evolve Bank and Trust, member FDIC. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Welcome to the Snapple Market Auditory Experience. Close your eyes. Imagine you're walking into your neighborhood store. You make your way to the back and reach for your favorite Snapple flavor. You can't wait. You take a sip. Whoa, that's a lot of flavor. Mmm. What flavor are you holding? Now open your eyes and check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavorful Snapple near you. But that takes us to the Ron J reunion finale. And 
We'll touch on a couple of things, then we'll get into what this whole entire episode and whole entire season was about, and hopefully it's the last we're going to hear of it because of how it ended. But uh, we start out with the husbands coming out, and um, the first question that we're getting to is Louie and the PJs. And this whole episode stinks of lying and going back on what you said and saying one thing but meaning another, which has no weight. It carries no merit whatsoever. You can't just throw that out there and act like, oh, I didn't mean it that way, and it goes away. But we're asked about the pajamas, and he was like, I didn't do that. Like, that came out wrong. What actually happened was I found an old pair of sweatpants that he had, and I put those on. So I shouldn't have said that. Uh, we, we didn't want this. I apologize. I was just trying to connect. He still said that he did it for, like, a comfortability reason for which the Which still doesn't girls. make any fucking sense. Yeah. Like and the, they didn't really dive into it. You can tell that Joe was just laughing, like, this is ridiculous. I don't even know what to say about this. And Andy actually wanted real answers, and he kept prodding along, and then they just stopped talking. Because and Andy's like, okay, all right, I guess we're just going to move past it. But I do love, and like we said last week, we need the husbands to get involved because this is way more husband-centric than any other show on TV, on Bravo. I love that Paulie is the one who starts off the pool house yeah, comments. Me too. Immediately, like, oh, yeah, you were probably in the pool house. Probably in a pool house. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good. But yeah, you're right. I mean, the whole episode, and I never thought that I would say this, but I wanted more action. And I thought we were going to get it. I thought that Joe was going to be a big tough guy and stand up. I thought that Louie was going to lose his shit. And everybody stayed calm, cool, and collected for the most part and Except laughed Teresa a couple of things and well, Melissa. Teresa is incapable of staying calm during this for whatever reason. But she's erratic. It makes no sense. Nothing she's she said unhinged. made any sense. And I don't understand all those people. When we said last week, Teresa's got to go. We might want to be able to see Melissa for a season just to see what could happen. There's still so many people out there that are like, you're wrong. Because they're and blindly following they Teresa. Be. You can't be watching this as a Teresa fan and thinking she's winning anything. Yeah, that's what I don't get. Like, watch this show and take the emotion and the connection you have to this housewife out of it take away the connection to Teresa by the way she doesn't know who you are okay Teresa doesn't know you and if you can watch her behavior on this episode and also take Melissa out of it and Joe just watch her behavior this episode watch what she was saying listen to what she was saying try to put any proof to anything she was saying and then people question her and they give her evidence against it. She goes, oh, well, well, then prove it then. Like, do you have evidence? It's like, well, you're, yeah. now you're fucking your story up because now you're saying there could be evidence when before it was so steadfast that they were wrong. Now you're going back on what you were saying, which her credibility to me, which was already non-existent, somehow got lower after this episode for her and Louie. And that's hard to do because they had no credibility to begin with. That's a really good point. And I also don't think that Melissa did anything good for herself, unfortunately. No, and, and I say unfortunately because I thought that she had a pretty strong start. Yep. She did what we always preach and what we always say is a great tactic. Let the crazy people just run themselves into the ground. Teresa was doing a great job of doing that. Yeah. You did not need to do what you did in this episode. And I understand that it's, you know, seven to ten hours of filming and maybe you get a little tired. But as soon as Joe came out, it's like Melissa flipped a switch and she started feeding into the Teresa stuff. And she was talking just as much as Teresa was. And yes, maybe she was a little more pointed. Maybe she made a little more sense not, than Teresa, which really, is not though. hard to do. Yeah, it wasn't. But it was just drumming on and drumming on. Like, no, you're feeding into this bullshit at this point, Melissa. You're looking bad. I thought that Joe, surprisingly, had a pretty good showing. I did, too. Uh, there was one or two points where I thought that he involved himself when he didn't need to, but everybody was kind of involved in this whole Louis investigating you thing. Yeah, and I th I agree. I think Joe did a good job. He took our advice and sat back and let the crazies do the crazy. Yeah. 
Melissa should have as well. Uh, she didn't do herself any favors by jumping in with Teresa and just going back and forth like that. But a quick touch on the pool house, as we've already talked about it. Bill says that he only goes in there for 30 minutes to an hour, which is a very different story than the four hours that we got out of Jen, which I believe it's actually four hours, not 30 minutes. I think so, too. And I think that what Jen's or pretty much what Jen's doing is kind of keeping her personal life to herself when it comes to something like this. And she yes. knows that it's she's vulnerable about it because they will sink their teeth. Teeth. They will stick their teeth into it. And... You can see the support, which is fine. I, I get it. Like, look, if you want to keep some that. of that stuff, yeah. if your your marriage is your own business, and obviously people have issues with your marriage from the outside, you want to keep some things private and actually support your husband. And you can kind of see him even supporting her a little bit too. Yeah. So it's going a long way. And maybe that's ultimately what they both needed and wanted. I hope that what they were saying is true because, look, I'm not going to root for a divorce. No. Do I think that Bill's a good husband? No. Probably not. Does he, he supports her financially, whatever. He was a little more open and he talked. Obviously, he doesn't talk a lot, but he did at least talk and share some truths and talk about his career and how Maybe. it's like I chose a career that isn't really family oriented and I understand that and I need to do this and that and whatever. I thought that he was at least truthful, but. I'm not really going to spend too much time thinking about it. Yeah, me either. I think that their marriage has been in the spotlight for long enough. And if Jen wants to kind of keep her head down at this point, I don't need to dig into it anymore. I hope that they can figure it out, and I hope that they're both happy. I hope Jen specifically. I'm not a big Jen fan, but no one deserves to be miserable. So I hope that they figured it out at least to be happy in some regard. But I'm I'm over it. I don't need to dive into their marriage anymore. Right. As a, as a listener or a viewer. But um, the next thing, Polly's still married. He's working on his divorce after 14 years of separation. Yeah. Um, but him and Dolo aren't in a rush to get married. And I appreciate the fact, I think that if she was, he's ready to go. I agree too. Yeah. But I think because she's not, he's also cool with like, hey, whatever time frame works for me, like we're happy. They, they both happy, seem whatever. like so easy going. And it's so interesting to see, even when things start to get crazy it's, in the front of the room, she looks right back at Polly and Polly said, just chill. Don't you just don't have relax. to feed into it. Just relax. It's yeah. good. And she stops. And she does. And maybe that is honestly, Polly could be the key to why we're not seeing Dolores take a stance in these things. And obviously we talked about her one comment that kind of went a little awry last week that we wanted a little bit more on. But for the most part, she's stayed in the middle. And people have an issue with that. I don't. I don't at all. Because I see her as a happier person. Right. And I've seen her in the past dealing with Frank and dealing with whatever else might be happening. She seems like she's way more even keeled. And it looks like it's because of the relationship that she has with Polly. They're both just genuinely happy. And we need that on these shows. We can't have miserable people the entire time. We're going to get miserable. Yeah. And I think that for me, this goes beyond the show. I think that Dolores has been put through the ringer long enough that if she wants to sit back and play neutral and play Switzerland and, and just be that person... If she's genuinely happy outside of this show, fucking let her have it. Don't right. don't sit there and say that she needs to get more involved or she didn't do enough. Like, no, nah, she's done enough. She's earned the right to just sit back and be happy with Polly, and we're happy to see it. But this is when Frankie Jr. comes out, and I 100% believe that something went down between him and Louie, and I don't think it was amicable. Yeah. I do respect Dolores for stepping in because rule number one at the Brav Bros, leave the kids out of it, even if they're of age – unless they are willing to get involved, like Gia, don't bring him into it, especially when it has to do with his his work, his job, his professional life. She's 100% correct. They're fine. Don't worry about it. We're not talking about this right now. Now, 
I need to know about it <laughs> as the viewer. Like we need well, to talk about it. I don't know I if you saw this, but Frankie Jr. actually responded to a DM. I'm not exactly sure who reached out to him to see what was going on. And the most professional answer exactly. ever. Yeah. He's he's so well kept and like just a great dude. His response was, you know what? I got a lot of experience. It was a really cool job. I'm very thankful for it. I have no issues with Louie. I actually landed another really great job right after that. So if I didn't get that job, I wouldn't have gotten the second job if it wasn't for the first one. I, I'm pretty sure that something went down. And I think that the reason Frank Sr. doesn't get involved, because he's sitting back there and you see him say, like, unless it's brought up, I'm not saying anything. And Frank is looking out for his kid. Dolores is looking out for her kid. They're looking yeah. out for the children. Leave the kids out of it. Frank's got a good job. Leave it the fuck alone. It's not worth involving Louie if something shady did go down. Because as we've seen, and we got evidence now, Fuda has evidence. He knows that like Louie actually did dig into people. So that's just not a guy you want to fuck with. Not saying that he has power, but anybody that crazy, if Frank Jr.'s got a good job, just leave it go. I I, yeah, no I, I agree with that. And I really like the dynamic. And we finally got there that Frank and Polly are on the same page. It seems like they both essentially got what they needed. Frank was pretty open about what he was going through with losing Dolores and so on and so forth. He seems happier with Brittany. They're moving forward. He's moving out of David's house, which Thank is great. God. We love that. And I just love that it looked like Frank and Dolores were both on the same page. Like, no, you know what? Unless it's brought up, we're not going to talk about it. Dolores took the stance of not talking about it at all because she's not going to throw her son under the bus. And you referenced Fuda. Last week we talked about it and I had the stance of it looks like Rachel's just trying to get a little bit of a storyline and be included in the Louie thing. The way that John Fuda came out, I think emotions speak louder than words in, in shows like this. And he seemed, he wasn't unhinged. He was angry. He was pissed off. Pissed. And he, everything that he said was direct. We see a lot of these people when they have issues with other castmates or whatever, they tend to run in circles they and get start talking around, about yeah. weird things. And it doesn't really matter. Everything that John Fuda said was on point. He was referencing direct things that happened. And now I do believe that Louis did actually look into Jaden's birth mother for whatever fucking crazy reason, because Louis's absolutely nuts. The whole Bo Deedle thing, and we saw Bo Deedle come out, and he was on some podcast. I don't remember what it was. He starts talking about it and pretty much throwing Joe Gorga under the bus, talking about how he's doing things for Louis, but it has nothing to do with the show, which I don't believe. It's not like a PI has credibility. No. You gotta be like the sneakiest people in the world. Unless you're like Ace Ventura. And then I, I will believe you if you're Ace Ventura. I, I would I would as well, because he can talk to animals. Yeah, he can speak to animals. So that makes sense to me. But the Deetler, there's no way that Deedles is on the up and up. I one hundred percent believe everything Food has said. Like you said, emotions speak louder than words. My man is angry and he has exact receipts. Which he you never opens, but you know what? Sometimes you just need that threat well, of a manila folder. Well, the the threat of a folder is a big deal, but I'm also just talking about like. Well, did you, you said. see when he picked up the folder? Marge also picked up her piece she of paper. She picked up. Her, well, no, she had a folder too. She pulled the piece of paper I out. I saw of the that. Folder. But we already talked about your shit, Marge. Yeah, yeah. Just leave we, it alone. You sit over there. But <laughs> no, I, I think that by him having actual reference points, like you know, you had to look up what her number was in prison. Like that's a difficult thing to do. You yeah. did that. I know you did. And there's that. a record of that. There's yes. a record because it's a federal facility. So when you call there. They have, which any place does, not even a federal facility, but at a federal place, one, it's going to be recorded. Two, there's definitely going to be record of it. And three, he gives you that. He gives you the actual evidence. I know this. I have connections also with says private investigators. He also said it was associates of Bo Deedle, not Bo Deedle yeah. directly. So that is kind of what Louis is dancing around is, no, I didn't have Bo Deedle do this. 
yeah, maybe you didn't, but you said something to him, which then got down to his subordinates or whoever he's paying to do things. So yes, eventually it does tie back to that. And Louis didn't really say anything. He obviously denied it, but he didn't go further into it. He nope. didn't show emotion, which when Louis's not showing emotion and he's sitting back and talking, I think that's when he's lying. I do too, because he sits there and he says, it's weird. And Joe Gorga calls it out because he'll be calm, cool, and collected and agreeable, but then he'll end it with a, watch out. Yeah. Watch out, I got your number. I well, that and, and that was the other thing. When we saw the promo for this and you see Louis say, let's play, it seems like he might be directing that at Melissa and Joe. It seems like it might be important for the context. Mm-hmm. It was a random let's play. It made no sense no. in the context. Mm-hmm. I like erupted in laughter because I was waiting for him to say it because we've seen it on every promo for every freaking episode since the start of this reunion and even before then. I was waiting for it to be some important moment, and nobody was even talking, really. And Louis just goes, let's play. Yeah, let's play. <laughs> what? Like, no. Settle. He goes, be careful. Be careful. I know everything. I know everything with the big eyes and the red face. And that's when Pizzagate comes up. And we still don't get a lot of clarity on what exactly happened with Pizzagate. He says he met with Joe's nephew, gave him $110,000, called Joe and said, do you want 5%? Do you want 10%? Joe claims he got ghosted. Louis like, well, I got a life. I got a life. What do you, what, what I ghosted you because I didn't answer your call for a week. And Joe's like, no, like three weeks to a month, which if I'm going into a business venture with somebody, that's a significant amount of time. Then it turns into a dick measuring contest because Louis like, you think I need that money? And Joe's like, I'll buy it from you. I'll buy it for you right now. And like, they're just talking about like who can buy who out, who's got more money than who. Nothing really got accomplished and nothing gets resolved. It's just a lot of yelling on both sides. Those two get into it, which in turn causes Teresa and Melissa to get into it. Melissa is saying God knows what. Teresa's just saying, that's not true. You're disgusting. None of this is true. And then when something sounds true, she says, can you prove it? And some guys can prove it. When they prove it, she says that they're lying. It's just a terrible, terrible show. Yeah, that, this was one of the weird moments where I actually felt bad for Andy. And I actually had a reference point thinking, God, this poor guy had to go through the whole Vanderpump reunion and then this on top oh, of it. Man. I felt really bad for Andy. That's Obviously, a- most of the time we don't feel bad for Andy because he's doing a great job he is one of the best jobs in the world honestly and he's sitting there trying to endure this nobody's letting him talk nobody's letting him mediate they're just talking over each other it's never going to work but one thing that came from that whole pizzagate situation which was the best point of all and i thought it was completely unbiased too which was weird john food is saying you know what if louis was involved or if louis and joe were involved here Joe doesn't really have a lot to stand on because he never got any documentation. There was never anything there. And Joe can stand on the whole, well, you know, it's family and I wanted a brother-in-law and I just wanted to do this and do that. But at the end of the day, no, dude, like if you do business with anybody, you have to have shit written down. You can't do, you can't invest money. And he never invested any money. He just had a a spoken agreement with Louis who he's saying just ran with his idea and stole it. You can't prove it. There's nothing. There's no paper trail. It's just your word against his. And yeah, we might believe you ahead of Louie, but at the end of the day, he's got he's the one with the pizza oven sitting in storage somewhere for whatever goddamn reason. It's just typical. We never get anywhere. No, we got no no evidence to back up either side. But but at this point, we get a little bit of clarity on whether or not Joe and Melissa are the ones that ratted out Teresa the FBI. I guess Frank was Joe's lawyer. Yes. And he's like, do I have, <laughs> I thought this was funny, like, do I have your blessing to break client 
attorney confidentiality is like yeah go ahead i guess frank was his attorney and in the room with the fbi he was questioned and didn't give up anything he didn't say a word about it he was solid so as far as we know through frank and look frank doesn't speak up a lot frank spoke up this reunion that should tell people a lot i yeah, think i With agree frank speaking up and getting emotional because of louis that's a big deal because we, we've seen Frank on reunions. He really doesn't talk. He'll say a funny one-liner here and there. Like he said, the biggest thing I've ever said on any of these is calling Paulie Buzz Lightyear, which, look, Paulie does look like Buzz Lightyear. He and does. also, that's not an insult. Is it's that an not, insult? No, I think Buzz Lightyear is a good-looking dude. Yeah, he's a Star Ranger, Star Command. Like, it's a big fucking deal. So I would take that as, like, if someone called me Buzz Lightyear, I'd be like, thanks, man. But Well, I thought the funniest thing was during that exchange – Teresa sort of walked it back a little bit, and then she said, well, you're way more guilty of a graver offense. I wasn't invited to dinners. She goes back to the damn dinners the dinner's thing. Dinners come like, up again. But this doesn't make any sense. This had to this go with the food happened, on the table thing, yeah. Yeah, this happened years ago, right? Mm -hmm. Years ago. Why are we just hearing about this now? Why are you so butthurt about not being invited to dinners, not being invited to dinners? You said it was only couples only. That made me feel awful because I was single. Like, shut up. Well, that's... We were at these dinners, too. I, I just don't understand it. It doesn't make any sense. And again, Teresa just seems fully unprepared for all of this. And she was so consistent with her dumb comments that had nothing to do with anything and her dumb accusations that didn't hit ever. None of none of them landed and she has no evidence to back them up. The only evidence that she tried to have was that she was uninvited to dinners. We saw pictures of her at the dinners. Joe and Melissa, the whole thing comes up because of the food on the table thing. And it comes back to that. But somebody references you know, the fact that they did actually kind of help and step in and help them make money while Tree was in jail because Joe Judice needed somebody to film with. He had somebody in Melissa and Joe to come in. Now, the big thing Teresa's holding on to is, well, they made money too. It's like, yeah, no shit. That's how it works when you have a job. Like they were part of the cast or part of the show. No one's denying the fact that Joe and Melissa used Teresa to get on the show. I think that's pretty fucking clear. Yep. Maybe it was an opportunistic thing. It probably was opportunistic. Oh, shit, she's in jail. Joe needs somebody to film with. Maybe this is our chance. In turn, it is mutually beneficial. Both things can be true. They might have used you to be on the show, but they did, in fact, help out the family by giving money to yeah, Joe. Then Judice. all of a sudden, the Gorga family was the big thing from Jersey. Right. Like, without them, you might not be where you are today. I just, I think acknowledging that's a big deal. Whether you agree with everything since, and even speaking from a non-emotional standpoint as a viewer or a fan of the show, Team Gorga, Team Judice doesn't fucking matter. If you look at it from they came in at a time where the show needed them because Teresa was in jail, it helped the show, it helped everybody out as a whole. Everyone gets so stuck on the fact that, oh, they used Teresa to be on. Maybe so. Actually, definitely There's nothing so. wrong with that. That's and they also didn't even deny that. By the way, every single cast member on every single show that is not an original cast member needs a foot in the door yep. in some way, shape, or form. Everybody that comes on now is either a friend of a friend they are a fan of the show, or they know somebody in passing that helped them get on the show. Like, that's how you get on the show. So the fact that people hang on to that all the fucking time is such a dumb thing for me. Because I'm like, dude, yeah, they did use her to get on the show. Yeah, we all know it. Yeah, it also helped the fucking show. So can both not be mutually exclusive? Does it have to be one or the other? That's what drives me nuts when it comes to Joe versus Teresa. Nobody's able to look at this just pragmatically. Where were they wrong? Where were the Gorgas wrong? Where were the Judices wrong? Because they all have a litany of offenses that they've committed against each other. Or like, just yeah. It would just be funny if they had a little perspective because at the end of the day, your family 
So you're basically the same person. So they obviously are. you're not agreeing on this. Yeah, you are like the same just, person. If you were to take a step back and realize, or if one of your spouses were able to take a step back and realize, hey, you guys are the same person. You're never going to agree on this. Just move forward. Who cares? It's over with. We're done. And Teresa's threats of never wanting to see you again after filming, blah, blah, blah. But I don't really know like where we're going to go from here. I because have no we idea. Have it's on a pause. Past it. The show's on a it's pause. It's going to be on pause. I've seen things that have said... Both Melissa and Marge are gone, which doesn't really make any sense. That makes no sense. I've seen things that say they're just going to run it back with the same cast, which... That makes the most sense I actually me. think is probably going to happen. That makes the most sense to me. Yeah, yeah and I, I think they're going to see how it goes once again. We, we're never going to get a res- resolution from this. You can see Andy's just tired of it, mm-hmm. and we don't really care anymore. No. Teresa is still standing by that. Oh, well, it wasn't Joe. It was Joe's partner. Joe's partner called the FBI and let them know. Now you're just throwing shit at the wall. And we get actual physical proof of that. And this is where I get frustrated once again with tree stumps is because she's talking about Jacqueline Larita and even Andy is laughing. He's laughing at her going, you can't possibly sit here and flip the script on how you feel about Jacqueline Larita. You've been talking shit on her for years. This moment might seem small, but if you really want an insight on Teresa, look at this because she goes, I never talk shit on her. Run a fucking clip yeah. Andy montage. said I could run a twenty-minute montage right now, and he does. He runs like it's a thirty-second montage yeah. of her doing nothing but saying mean things about Jacqueline Rita. So this is who she is. If something doesn't help her in that current moment, she lies about it. And if you can't fucking see that again, completely separate from the Gorgas, people are going to hear this and go, "Oh, Joe, St- oh, Melissa, Stan." No, no. Teresa herself does this time and time again. It is a pattern. We see it frequently. If you can't see what she's doing, you're too far up her ass. Yep. And I'm I'm sorry if that's rough, but that's just, it's so frustrating to read these comments, to talk to people about it. I'm like, how the fuck can you watch that performance and be like, oh, she's killing it. Tree standing for life. Like it just, it doesn't compute. And the videos come up because Joe's like, had you married a normal guy? Like just a regular run of the mill dude. But she goes, why would you bring up the videos? It's like, how could you not bring up the videos? Did you see the videos, Teresa? Because they're fucking crazy. The dude's on a beach with a bunch of other dudes having this weird emotional breakdown in the ocean while he's proposing to another woman. Yeah. And he's completely un- unapologetic about it. I think that somebody drops Damn a right. comment. Yeah. I think oh, yeah. it was Fuda that no, dropped Marge it. goes, you have warrior tattooed in your chest. And he's like, you're, you're damn, damn right, right I do. That like, doesn't make proud. you... But it doesn't make you tough because you have warrior no, tattooed in your chest. No, it doesn't make him tough. And, and this is just... We talk about Louis all the time. He's just lost in this little world where he thinks he's the top-tier man of emotionally available while also being tough and also making sure that nobody's giving him any shit and protecting his family and all this. It's like, no, dude, you're going overboard with... Everything, all of everything, no matter what you're talking about, is completely overboard. And we get to see him talk about freaking Bo Deedle, and he's going, he's walking everything back. I shouldn't have said that. I misspoke. It's like, misspoke about what, dude? By the way, back to back, because he's like, I misspoke that night. And he's like, you said it the next day, sober. Yeah. So, like, what are you talking about? Sober the next, and maybe he wasn't sober either time. Who the hell knows what Louis gets into? But he's sitting there, you're right, calm and collected. With, I think he was with Dolores and Jen and yeah, Teresa yeah. talking about Bo Deedle once again. Like, no, dude, you absolutely did this. You can't walk it back now and say you misspoke when you referenced a, a specific individual that is a PI and said that you have dirt on all of the housewives. And that's the other thing. I bet you it didn't stop at just Teresa's enemies. 
he probably got a whole folder on Dolores, on Teresa, Jen, on Teresa, probably too. Like, <laughs> on honestly, Gia. Like, on Gia. Like, where does it end? Probably nowhere. And no. that's just who he is. And I actually had the thought while he was going through this, and I, I've been struggling with this, but I, this is where I'm landing. He is so crazy and so unhinged. I do need one more season with Louis. Oh, I do. No. I do need it. No, because no, no. I I, think, we disagree there. I think he's going to pop off once again, and I do get a lot of enjoyment when he pops off. We get into the cheating rumors with Melissa once again, and this is where you can see a crack in the armor here because Louis's like, oh, well, you know, I just I just wanted to tell Joe, like, you know, there's a rumor. We don't believe this rumor. And he's like, why didn't you call Melissa? He's like, oh, I, you know, I didn't even think about it. I just called Joe. You're telling me that in a moment where you're accusing somebody's spouse of having an affair, calling the person that committed that affair didn't ever cross your mind. It wasn't a conscious decision to be like, oh, well, we're not going to involve her even though we're talking about her. That's one. Two, he said that there was multiple women. When Joe brings that up, he's like, oh, I never said that. I never said that. We find out he did fucking say that yep. because they bring up another name. Joe says this name. And Teresa goes, because Teresa doesn't know any better and she can't keep her mouth shut. She goes, yeah, well, that was a different, a different rumor. He's like, yeah, but you said it that day. That's bringing up multiple men. You I've realized shit. that part of my problem too with this is it does also fall on Joe. Joe did willingly go over there by himself. He did not include That's his fair. wife. Absolutely. I didn't think about that before, but in the moment, I realized, you know what? If that happened and there was a cheating rumor about, say, me and my future wife, I'm going to bring my wife into the fold. I agree. I'm going to let her know, like, hey, by the way, Louie just called me and mentioned this. And they say that they already knew about the rumor, too, which is interesting. Wouldn't you just include Melissa and be like, hey, why don't we go over and we can just talk to them together if that's what you want to do and you preach about this family all the Maybe time? Maybe they didn't They didn't preface it when they invited them over. They said, hey, can you come over? Like, we don't know what the phone that's calls That's a possibility. Like. Okay, all right. We'll, we'll run with that too because I am going to give them the benefit of the doubt because Louis and Teresa are way crazier than Joe. They're Melissa. just unhinged. Like They're, they're simply unhinged. They yes. make no sense. But right before Teresa storms off, this is where I'm like, she doesn't know what's going on because she's in a huff, gets up and walks off. She's like, I've been nothing but good to you. I've always been good to you talking to Melissa. I'm like, you, yeah. you have not been good to her. Not that she's a saint either. This is where we need to have a fucking, like, what, what is it? What was it? What did we talk about before? Flow chart? Not a flow chart. What is it? Uh, an ex a disclaimer. Okay. Yeah, at the beginning. Disclaimer. Like, just because we're dragging one person doesn't mean we're a fan of somebody else. Just understand that. But in this case, like, I'm definitely leaning Team Joe and Team Melissa because it makes the most sense to me. She's unhinged by saying that you didn't I, – I was nothing but good to you. I was nothing but nice to you. You two are disgusting. Melissa, you ruined this family because you're in Joe's ear. It's so short-sighted, and it's such a tired act. Like, you need better ammo. Yeah. And that's, like, what you've been saying the whole reunion. Come prepared, dude. Bring your shit. You've been doing this a long time. For you to check in now – sorry, check out now – is baffling to me. Like, you're actually, this is the pivotal moment. We've been waiting for an actual, like, turning point in the Gorga Judice feud for so long. Here it is. Here it is. It's this reunion, yep. seemingly, and you fucked it. You dropped the ball. You Not stink. only that, but the thing that you try to rest on is, well, let me, let me just call Gia right now, because Joe gets into the whole issue where your daughter called me as soon as I left and said that you could do better. Teresa obviously denies it. She never said that, and I don't think that she actually did, because Joe does, says that she doesn't even say it. But we know, we've been watching for years, we know that Gia has grown up and she's learned what happens and she's kind of taken on that Teresa attitude. So yes, I think it's very believable that Gia could have called Joe and said, you can do better. I don't think that that's something, that's something random that you would make up. It doesn't really make a whole lot of sense. Well, and of course, we're not going to get Gia on the phone saying, yeah, I said that to Uncle Joey. 
But it doesn't, no. it doesn't matter because we get confirmation of it because when Teresa storms off, it pisses me off to no end that Andy got up and followed her and like tried to like smooth it over. I hate that he is like he should have gone over and just said, "Hey, we got to get back. Like we got to yeah, finish this off," which to... he did at the end. But he did try to console her. And first, he panders and to me off too. The pandering to Teresa, I'll never understand. I get she's she's been around. She's the face of the franchise. She's arguably the face of Real Housewives in general. I just don't get that move. I thought it 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 sets a dangerous precedent with the other ladies that you know they're not only going up against Teresa but they're also going up against Andy when they go against her like I think that's the vibe it gives off for me but in that moment Louis like are, are you sure she didn't say that I'm like what now you're going to spin it like what the fuck so you get Louis the Louis, you get the spin zone yep. he's like well maybe she actually was saying like oh you could do better like in that moment like you can be a better uncle than you're being right now like you, you could do better yep. like so she did fucking say it probably you just confirmed that she said it and that's, you called that's Joe Louis a liar. in real time just trying to get ahead of it because he realizes exactly. if it does get out somehow and people start to believe that hey how can we spin this exactly so we get the Louis spin zone right out of the gate it's also him trying to show that he's the PC he's the peacekeeper I'm going to make sure everything's okay like maybe she did say it let's just move on from this Teresa I love you so much much our love bubble is is undying it's forever i love you forever get ready get ready be careful get ready be careful what no just be careful i love you be careful bye but that to me is such a big moment that i hope doesn't get glossed over because by him confirming that she actually said it means that gia in fact was a liar that she did go to bat for Teresa. i'm not saying that i wouldn't do the same for my own mother on tv or in life period but you need to put the entire Judice household on notice because these people are playing the game. The whole family's playing the game. And if you can't see it, I can't help you. But it kind of ties up the episode. We get the last little where do we stand? And, you know, Melissa goes with the PC answer. That's just, you know, I I want to move forward. I, I wish them all the best, whatever. Like, kind of keeps it on the up and up. Whereas Teresa's like, I gave them everything. I got nothing left. I'm done. I'm fucking over it. Blah, blah, blah. But the one moment I want to talk about, and then that's pretty much it. When the husbands walk out and they leave for like the final farewells, Louis does his thing and he goes over and tries to play the fucking peacekeeper. And he goes up to food and goes, I just want to let you know like what you're doing with your kids. It's amazing. It's so amazing. You're an amazing mother. And John Fuda Goes, if you want to be my friend, admit what you did. Yes. Flat. And this is, this is why I love Fuda. John Fuda is great because, like you said, there's emotion there, but it's under control. It's pointed. It's real. That's when you know someone's actually fucking yes. mad. He's like, just say you're sorry. Say you did it. Say you're sorry. He's like, I, I don't know what you're talking about. I didn't investigate. He's like, okay. He's like, you know what? And like, Fuda walks away. He goes, this guy's a fucking snake. Like, he's a fucking dirtbag. He won't just say it. Like, you wonder why I'm so fucking mad? Like, it's because of you. And, Moving forward, I don't know how you bring Louie back. Like, I know you would want to see him for more seasons simply to crash and burn. I don't see how this show runs with Teresa and Louie. Regardless of how you feel about the characters, you might be big fans of theirs. How do you bring these two back into a cast of people that genuinely don't like them? Because, look, Danielle's going to be out on Teresa mm-hmm. and Jen next season because we heard behind closed doors she said, they set me up. She knows the, the deal now, so she's not as trusting with them. What, are we going to have Jen, Bill, and fucking Louie and Teresa? Is that going to be the four we're going to watch? Because I'm not watching that. Probably not. I, I don't think that 
Danielle's going to be as angry about that. I think that she knows. But if but we I have a connection with gonna Fuda, she's still going to be friends with them. But what happens then? Because now you're crossing because her and Fuda are apparently going to try to team back up. And I guarantee you production is probably like, you two need to be better with each other because we need you. Possibly, yeah. I mean, when you throw the production value into that. But also production isn't going to want what you just said. They're not going to want just two women and their husbands against the rest of the cast. That's what I'm saying. So they will probably urge newbie? Danielle to stay or there. We get another newbie, maybe? I, that's a possibility. Um I don't really know where anybody else goes, honestly. I think they are probably just going to run it back with the same cast. I don't think they're going to bring anybody else in. I don't think they're going to kick anybody off, necessarily. It'll be interesting to see. Like you said, they're on pause. So they have a couple of months to kind of figure it out and see where Teresa and Joe stand and what comes of that. Because obviously we're going to get more details about their personal lives coming out. I don't know. I, I really don't know where you go with this show. I don't it's, either. It seems like I mean, we were pretty tired about it. Last season was awful. This season was boring. This season was better don't... than last season, but it was still not a great season. Exactly. It was just there wasn't enough there for us to talk about without talking about the same thing over and over again. And it's going to get really tiring. And I know that they kind of think, and based off of the fan reaction, we have a lot of people that are still just stuck firm in the ground as tree stumps. And we have a lot of people that are supporting Melissa and Joe. And they're not really budging. They're still watching the show. They're blind to everything else. Agreed. So I think that production is has a misunderstanding of where the fan base is. Because you don't really get a read on the show and how it's going unless you tap into kind of what we're saying. And I feel like the general public is right in the middle. They're tired of things. And they're going to yeah. stop watching it. But it, there's still so many people talking about it because they're fans of one person or another that I think they're missing the point entirely. So if we were running Bravo, I would probably just redo Jersey altogether. I think that there's enough interesting characters in the state of New Jersey. Like you can find. I would I, honestly, a I would drop Housewives. I would pretty much drop everybody except for. Danielle Fuda. Danielle Fuda. Maybe Marge, Marge even. Marge could be my anchor, and I hate Marge, but she I know, brings a lot to the show. I know, but she brings a lot to the show. And then I would honestly, I would dump Melissa and Teresa and bring back Caroline Manzo. Oh, interesting. Let her lead the charge. You know what? She That's knows them all. Bad. And then you bring in a bunch of new, bring in two people that are younger that know Manzo. Yes. And bring in, I don't need more Marge supporters. No, no, no. Ryan, I, give I, Dan, you know what? Give. I saw Danielle has. Give Danielle a newbie? Has a stepsister or something. Give Danielle a friend. Yeah. And give Fuda a friend. I think that's fair. And I think that's not Maybe a Maybe you bring Brittany into the fold. Keep Frank Catania there and bring Brittany in. Brittany could definitely. Brittany could be fun. She could do more. She could do more. I did, we just, th there's no other way to shake it up. And we've talked about there it for weeks. There needs to be moves. We can't, it, it, as weird as it is, it's not fair to either Teresa or Melissa to just drop one of them. So Agreed. get rid of both of them. I'm fine with it. Let the Gorga era run away. I want. I don't care if they have spinoff shows. I, I don't really care. But bring Jersey back. Make Jersey great again. Make Jersey great again. I think that you're. I disagree there. I do want Melissa and Joe back for another season. I think they've earned the right to try it without Teresa, because of what they've done for the show. Whether you hate them or not, you can't argue that they've been majority good for the show. Maybe not the last few seasons, but nobody really has. It's kind of been floundering, regardless. But I think they've earned the right to try. But that takes us to the question portion. And up first from Ali Mulholland. How do you feel about Dolores cowering to Teresa and Louie at the reunion? That's not what I saw. I didn't see. Yeah, Dolores is not cowering. She's not, she's not getting involved because she's it. happy. That's and all. she realizes what most of us realize. This is stupid. There's no reason to spend any more energy on it. Why would I ruin my happy life 
by digging into other people's crap. Period. From I am Maggie G. Why does Andy let all these damn women talk over each other? Clearly, he gets frustrated yet stays quiet. Now he doesn't stay quiet. He screams. It doesn't do anything. He. I think the screams are fake. I don't. The one was real. But regardless, I don't think you can. There's no stopping Teresa, and there's no stopping Melissa. Like once they started going after each other, I don't know how you can't shut that down. No, there. It's impossible to shut down. From Vale Jandra Deeks. The. Ale- oh, the Alejandra Deeks. That's that. Yeah, okay. Andy's rating on Summerhouse, Jersey, and VPR reunion. So should we um, rank? Let's just rank them. Which one he did the best at? Which one he did the worst at? Summerhouse, Jersey, the best and the VPR. VPR, he did a good job. I, I thought he did a good job of staying neutral and letting people talk and urging other people to shut the hell up and sit down. Um. Uh, I guess he did better on Jersey than Summerhouse. Summerhouse was just... He was horrible. Yeah, Summerhouse, you could tell very clearly. Look, I mean... He doesn't like Lindsay. And that's the thing, is he doesn't like Jen, but Jen isn't the focal point. Lindsay was the focal point. He doesn't like her. He was very biased the entire time. It was very obvious, and it was really hard to watch. So, yeah, I I think that's the correct order. I agree. From Max June, is John Fuda the number one house husband of Jersey? As of right now, yeah, because that's the best stand up for your family I've ever seen from yeah. a husband because it was the most genuine. I think, yeah, I think maybe he nudges out Frank and Polly. But, but that's just because they're delightful human beings. Exactly. Like, they're all up there. I mean... As far as watching people on TV and enjoying it, I like Polly and I like Frank more than Fuda. But as far as performance goes, Fuda took a step forward. Fuda took a, a giant leap forward. He was I great. need more from Nate, too. Nate needs to get he didn't do anything. No, he needs to get more involved. He's a Jersey husband. It's a different vibe. You gotta, you gotta be more. You gotta do more. Maybe he'll come in better next season. Let's do one more. Oh, I love this one from Azcast three one seven. Louis is an HR issue, and this is coming from an HR director. <laughs> That's awesome. He is an That's HR perfect. issue. Perfect way to end it. We can. Let Jersey lie for another year. We don't have to talk about it anymore. I'm so relieved. I am nervous for the future. I am hopeful because I want it to come back and be good. But time will tell. Time will tell as always. But we made it through reunion season. We did. We got the reunion yeah. season. I'm I'm looking forward to not having reunions for a little while. Yeah. I'm excited for the new Roni, even if other people are not. I urge our listeners to please go into it with an open mind. Do not go into it wanting what you had before because that's not the same show. It's it's simply a different show, so give it an actual shot so maybe it lands. Yeah, and we have to figure out when the hell these Ultimate Girls Trips are going to drop. Because I don't think Bravo of them. Bravo doesn't know when they're <laughs> dropping. There's Legacy. There's Ultimate Girls Trip 4. There's Secret Double Probation Ultimate Girls Trip yeah, we don't know about. We, yeah. But remember... We have our live show coming up July 26th at the City Winery in New York City with Zach Peter. It's going to be a blast. We've got some great guests lined up for you. So get your tickets now. Head to nofilterlive.com. Follow us on our socials at Bravo underscore bros on everything other than YouTube, which is at Brav Bros Podcast. Anything else, sir? Nope. We will catch you next week. We'll see you next Wednesday. Have a good weekend, guys. Toodles.